time. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. And just this past year, the Cat Writers Association awarded Arden the coveted President's Award, given exclusively to the best of the best. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. What's up, pet pals? Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. It is time to go to the cool cats and the possum puppers. And we have possum experts for both today. First up, this duel has been bringing out the best in cats all over the country. Yep, they're your go-to gals to help solve cat behavior issues. Please give a miabolous welcome to Rita Reimers and Linda Hall of Cat Behavior Alliance. Ladies! Thank you for having us. We're so excited. Meanwhile, I'm, I jokingly Meanwhile. say I, I, I feel like I'm purring louder than my ginger cat, Casey, who purrs like a Mack truck. I I'm, I'm just glad you both are on the show today. Uh, hey, pet pals, Linda and Rita are certified cat behavior consultants. They know how to help us with some kitty issues. They also co-host a popular podcast. It's called 19 Cats and Counting. It's on Pet Life Radio. Yes, the same site where my Oh Behave podcast is. <laughs> and you can't get enough of Linda and Rita because they also have a YouTube series called Let's Talk Cats. And Rita, your motto, I've never met a cat I couldn't help. I mean, seriously, what made you declare that? Because a lot of time, it's really the pet parents that need the assistance. It's the two Can I say that? <laughs> <laughs> there hasn't been an issue that Linda and I, or myself when I was solo, have not been able to get to the heart of and make some improvement with, as long as the humans were willing to do what it takes. So ears open. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. And put the plan in place. That's right. Now, these gals are a dynamic duel that live in two different states, Ohio and North Carolina. And uh, one is married. Who is that? That would be Linda. Yes, that would be me. But what would you consider Rita? Your husband. Oh, Rita's what is my work wife. My husband says she's my work wife. And she is. I talk to her more hours in the day than I do him. It's 100% a, it's <laughs> a a true. I'm happily divorced of 31 years. Sorry, Jack. Except for me. <laughs> okay, we're getting good. We're getting the good stuff. But how did you two connect professionally to realize double is better than having two solo cat behavior experts out there? How did you, Do you want to start with how we met, Linda? Sure. Yeah, Linda, let's get the... No, yes, no, 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 yes. No, no, no. we both worked for Richard Simmons. Oh, I helped yep. run his site, did some infomercial stuff. Rita helped produce uh, his um, 
some of his workout videos, some of his uh, worked with his uh, serious lighten up, um, X serious uh, lighten up with show, Richard, lighten up Simmons. Richard Simmons live every and Sunday. So yeah, so we knew each other from running into each other in LA, and we took the same cruise to lose once. And then when I started getting cats and started having issues, I turned to her and. I became fascinated, like a kid who's never been to school and is starving for yeah. all the stuff she taught me. I will never forget the moment she taught me about the slow blink. And I realized I could communicate to my cats. I love you too, Arden. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then I just, okay. yeah, I would go visit her. She, she, I went to work with her in the pet sitting business, cats only. And uh, I would spend time with her and watch her with her cats. And I was just That's in so love good. and the need right. for behaviors. All right. From your perspective, um, Rita, why is it good to have a Linda on the team? Well, I am more of the, you know, serious. Here's the facts. Boom, boom, boom. I'm from New York. You know how we are. Um, Linda adds the sparkle to us. Sparkle. Um, she's she's better at creating rapport and her writing. Like, again, I'm the facts and she, she puts the oomph into it. So as of That's this month, team. she's sharing She's sharing my byline at, Ca at Catster Magazine. So we're both writing I, together. How handy. I just have the <laughs> Catster issue. And Catster, for all you folks, is online and in print. And it is the largest circulated cat magazine on the planet. So get your paws on that. So yes. let's, let's kind of dive in. Um, there's a lot of things we can ask you both about cats. But since your, your podcast is called 19 Cats and Counting, <laughs> You all are pretty good experts about life in the multi-pet household. Oops. And after COVID, well, it's still here, but lots of people got kittens and cats and dogs, and it's more than Noah's Ark. So my house, we have two dogs and four cats. Love it. So I'm going to ask you a question. You all know pet safety cat Casey. He is uh, my ginger boy who is a therapy cat, gets along with everyone, until we dared to bring in an 11 year old community cat who's very scared and shy with a falsetto voice named Baxter. Aww. And he just can't wait to wrap his paws around him. And I don't <laughs> mean a hug. So um, I'm going to first up ask you, Miss um, uh, Rita. Not every cat likes every cat. It's true. I have 16 cats now. I had 19 when we started the show, hence the name. Um, but there are some of my cats that just peacefully coexist, and they may have a scrap here and there. Yeah. But uh, the majority of my cats do love each other. But you're never going to get every cat to accept every cat. We shoot for peaceful coexistence. If they okay. fall in love and become buddies, so much the better. Yeah, so we've put up a screen in the spare bedroom where Baxter hangs out so they can see each other. We've used feel away. We've used mealtime sharing. Um, but when I see Casey's pupils dilate and his <laughs> whiskers taunt and he gets in a slink, I don't think that is, hey, Baxter, I love you, man. So what can I do? I do separate them during the day by you all can see this is Ard's Den, my backyard office. Yes. And, and, and Casey's sleeping right now. But is there anything else you could suggest? I, we're being calm. We're giving Baxter freedom during the day to be hanging out with the others who actually like him. Uh, so he's getting socialized, but he doesn't want to fight Casey. He's he he gets nervous and he wants to run away. He's not a fighter, so he's not he's not standing up for himself. Yeah. 
And that stokes uh, Casey's hunting instinct. Oh, okay. um, he can sense the fear um, and feel away. We love feel away, but it, it's only uh, so powerful. There's nothing in it. There's no propellant yeah. to push the, the enzymes out into the air. So unless you say, Casey, sit right here and don't move except for 200 feet around the outlet, it, it's not going to help entirely. Linda, okay. do you want to jump in here? Yeah, yeah go ahead, There's Linda. Some other things that we like for calming that we'll share later, but if we have time. But yeah, one of the big things that we really like to focus on is changing their opinions of each other. Okay. So I joke that when I someone mentions my first husband's name, I kind of cringe and lose my neck and become an anxiety fool. Uh-oh, the but snicker I made, bar story. But I said right, remember we got gave, about a minute and a half uh, before commercial. If somebody so. gave me a snicker bar every time I had to see him, I might be more likely. So Make for positive exchanges, even if they're only in visual range for five seconds. You praise them like they just cured cancer. You pet them. You give them a treat. You make a deal so that they start thinking, okay, I kind of hate him, but mom gives me a special treat every time he's around and nothing has happened. And then try to work those up, especially to where you can get them in person, because sometimes the frustration of being separated it doesn't allow for the novelty to wear off. Right. So we got to work on those positive and get them used to seeing each other more. I think that's the biggest part of it that we try to work in is changing their opinions of each other. You, and you, you have, had me at Snickers, tr- Linda. You yeah. had me at Snickers. <laughs> my about, my price is $200. So <laughs> yeah. I'm a cheap date. Okay. <laughs> Again, sorry, Jack. All right. And I do want everyone pet pals, cat behavior alliance.com. And you're going to find out more ways that they can help you. Um, we're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we're, we're going to tackle some other catty issues, including um, and even talk about some feline traits that just might surprise you. So sit her. We'll be right back. ways to show your pet how much you love them is to take a pet first aid class. Arden Moore is a master certified pet first aid CPR instructor and founder of Pet First Aid for You. Very cool! These classes are fun and practical and feature pet safety dog Kona and cat Casey. No way! Yes, a real dog and cat teaching duo. Wait, what? All classes are veterinary approved and are available in person or via Zoom. Ready to sign up for a class? Sorry, it's it's just for people. Our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. We're having two amazing cat behavior consultants here on the show. We have Rita Reimers and Linda Hall. They are teamed up to create um, the Cat Behavior Alliance. And I think it's a good time, 2022, to be a cat. I'm going to tee it up with Linda first this time. Why do you think um, indoor cats are rising in popularity now, especially among the millennials? Cats are so, I, look, I love dogs, have a dog, but cats, you know, I don't have to come home and let the cat out to pee. Um, I don't, you know, the needs, the running, the exercise spaces, you can have a studio apartment and have a cat. Go well, I'm in a 200 out, square right? foot, uh, <laughs> I'm in a 200 square foot um, backyard office, Ard's Den, and exactly. there's one, two, three, four elevated spaces for my two cats. Yes, I get it. It's happening. Okay. I get it. This is what we do for our cats. And people mm-hmm. are starting to see the value in this. Cats are not, it's not that they're unsocial or that they don't need attention. They do, but it's a very different way. And it, in my opinion, it's much more manageable. If you're short on time, gone long hours or have small spaces. It's Good. more what manageable. You know, Rita, go ahead. Yeah. When 16 cats want to jump on me every morning <laughs> and every night, they form a line. I have to cuddle them for you know, an hour before I get up. Yeah, but I would love, love to take try, check out it. your stress hormones after that, Rita. I bet they're very low. I bet they you, are. You're oozing in oxytocin. I mean, oxytocin, yeah. you know, I yes. love it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Yes. So cats, you know, they've been on this planet for zillions of years. They sort of sat on the sidelines watching what DOGs are doing, deciding whether or not <laughs> us humans should be worthy of uh, hanging out with. They definitely are not pleasers as our dogs are, but they kind of do form great connections. I know Casey's my BFF. He is my best feline friend. He is a mama's boy. We finish each other's sentences. So my question to you, I'm going to start with uh, Rita. What are a few feline traits that may just surprise our pet pals tuning in? Well, I think the fact that cats are loyal, they do form tight bonds with their humans. Um, once your cats really, really love you, they'll fall all over themselves to please you. Yeah, they really will. How about you, Linda? You got one? Yeah, I think the key is that cats have a system of, of, of weights and balances. And it's, people say, I, I thought my cat knew his name because he came when I called and then I called and he didn't come. It's because <laughs> maybe he was a little too comfy and warm and didn't want to get up. But mm-hmm. yes, he still knows. And I swear to you, cats speak English, the oh, whole yeah. language, yeah. the whole language. I It amazes me. They watch us so intently. They mimic everything we can do. If they had thumbs, they could rule the world. Just my opinion. <laughs> Well, there is a term that they are good at observing and they're observant learners. That's a mouthful coming out of this microphone. Um, what the heck does that mean, Rita? Um, kitty see, kitty do? What? Yeah, I think like that. I do. You know, like they learn from each other, too, and they watch everything that we do. Um, for example, my cats know the minute I turn the coffee pot on, it's breakfast time. Oh. It's on, right? Till I touch that coffee pot, they're fine. So they learn our actions. And my sweetie pie has taken to, she likes to rub against the coffee pot. Sometimes she'll come to me and I'm like, you smell like coffee. <laughs> she wants me to turn the coffee pot on. She's trying to charm me into doing it. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Linda? What's, uh, what's, is there something that um, surprises you that one of your cats does that 
proves that they are watching you. I feel like, what's that song? Yeah. I'll be watching you. <laughs> I always feel like somebody's watching me. Okay, you me. just lost <laughs> all of our <laughs> listeners. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. So and then I broke out in song I, a lot. I never, ever, ever shut doors all the way because cats want in. But okay. <laughs> I was changing my shirt, so I had shut this door in my room all the way. I watched my cat Subra get on the dresser, lean over to the door, put one paw on the bottom yes. of the door handle, one paw on the top, and try to turn it. Freaked Whoa. me out. Completely stopped dressing, just stared at her. She knew exactly what to do. It's just the darn thumbs. If she'd have had thumbs, she'd have had it. Exactly. Yes. Well, yes. the one thing I do want, because people seem to easily think, oh, yep. I got an issue. I got to go to a dog trainer, get this problem solved. Start with you, Rita. What is a real good reason why a person needs to reach out to people like you and Linda, who are uh, cat behavior consultants? You know, you've been trained. So why, why do we, not, why should we do that? Because we just automatically do a dog's barking too much. I think we're shifting finally. Maybe I'm we optimistic, are. but what's your take? I'll go with uh, Rita first for 200. Well, I, I think that people are too quick to say, oh, the cat's doing something wrong. Let's get rid of them. Yeah. Uh, but more and more people are starting to to have cats in their household. And they really want to understand what's going on. Um, and they can't speak cat because maybe they've grown up with a dog and they think you treat a cat like a small dog. And they're all different. Their psychology is different. Their needs are different. Um, so I really think just to understand what your basic cat's need is a great reason to reach out to us. Okay. And Linda, um, how do you make a person realize there's an issue, but it, it, it has some, we have some ideas that can <clears throat> tackle it. My favorite story. We had a client who wanted to get rid of their cat because every time they left for a business trip, once a month, they came back and the cat had pooped on their pillow. Now, I understand that. I understand why they're upset. Yeah. Nobody wants poop on their pillow. And it There's felt a like stinky the cat was, roll. Yes, yes. The and they felt like the cat was punishing them for leaving. But once I explained, pooping is a self-soothing action. Your cat missed you so much that he went to the one spot where he you smell the most, where you're, all your dead skin cells and oils and sweat and nastiness are, and tried <laughs> to soothe himself. It doesn't feel like a compliment, but it is. You're going to toss your cat out because he loves you too much, right? He's trying so, to mix his scent with their scent. Yeah. So should we poop in their litter box? Right. <laughs> I've never tried that. I have not. <laughs> no, because then I'm going to end up scooping it. <laughs> No, no, I'm That's just good. kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, her All dog right. tried to use the cat litter box. He just didn't well, know what to do. He, she just yeah. sat there. She just didn't know what to do with it. She's very confused. <laughs> so we got about a minute la left, ladies. I want each of you to think of this. What is one thing that a cat or cats have done for you to make you a better human? Uh, we're going to go with uh, who wants to go first? Who's got something? Ooh, they're both thinking. I got uh, Linda. Something. Linda goes up. All okay. Right. All right. Cats teach consent. Every human being needs a cat. You watch their body language. You react appropriately. You back off when they're nervous. If humans would treat other humans that way, Perfect. the country, our world would be better. That was awesome. Uh, no pressure here, Rita. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, they've really taught me patience and to think about how things look from another point of view. Um, and I can use that experience even talking with human people, you know, humans. You know, I need to look at. <laughs> things through their eyes and think about how they see things. Yes. That sounds really good. good. How yeah. can people find out more about you? Uh, let's go with you, Rita. 
catbehavioralliance.com. If and you're how not about sure, Facebook? Facebook? You got uh, Facebook? Facebook uh, at Cat Behavior Alliance, uh, Instagram at Cat Behavior Alliance, and TikTok at Cat Behavior Alliance. (laughs) (laughs) We have Twitter too. We're doing it. It's Cat Behavior a lie. A lie. And we're not very good at keeping it up, but we're going to work on that. We're getting there. (laughs) Wow. Hey, everybody. I just had a marvelous time talking with Rita Reimers and Linda Hall of Cat Behavior Alliance. And um, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into, oh, my gosh, I got a puppy. And what am I going to do with guest Teodi Anderson? So stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Oh, come on. We weren't gone that long, were we? This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. Pause up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life show. Of course, I'm your host, Arden Moore. And we're going to go to the pups today. Um, I jokingly say that the first year you have with your puppy is the wonder year. Because you really do wonder where your sanity goes. And here to help us save our sanity and bring out the best in our pets is one of the country's top experts on dogs. She is amazing. She's a good friend. Everybody join me in giving pause and applause to Teodi Anderson. Welcome back on the show. You were a guest before, Teodi, so you must have felt it was not so painful. It's never painful with you, Arden. You're awesome. <laughs> so, pups, come on. I got this little brain and I think it's working, but oh, oh, oh. What did you say? Squirrel? Butterfly? I mean, distract, disrupt. I mean, what is going on in that fast-growing brain of a puppy? There's a lot going on. And then there's a nap. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I say it again. <laughs> Puppies crack me up because they're go, 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 and then they're asleep. <laughs> and then they go, go, go. And then they're asleep again. <laughs> and um, it's really cute. And then there's that sad, sad day when the naps go away. Oh. And you're left with the awake puppy all the time. And oh. so Do puppies they, are awesome. Puppies there, are, are wonderful, but they're exhausting. Is there such a thing? Because for all the parents out there with two-leggers, toddlers, is there such thing as a, quote, terrible two stage in puppies? Yes. I think it's about seven to nine months. Okay. Seven to nine months. And it depends on the breed because as you know, the larger the breed, you know, the, the, the later they are to develop actually. Okay. Okay. So a tiny breed, like a little Maltese or a little Papillon is going to be a physical adult at one year, but your average golden retriever or, or, you know, larger breed is going to be two and a half before they're an adult. Oh, wow. But seven to nine months is very painful for everybody. They're full blown teenagers. They don't listen. It's, (laughs) it's very painful. I warn people that all the time. So the key I'm hearing from you with puppies is that they go through different development stages and maybe success is based on, if you can share, knowing what to expect at certain stages. So can you give us some examples? 
Sure. So when you first bring a puppy home, typically around eight to nine weeks, they follow you around like little ducklings. You think that you have made the right decision. This they is going to be a piece me. of the cake. They just look, they're off leash in the front yard. This is awesome. They're not going to. And about 16 weeks, they wake up. They can oh. see things they couldn't hear before. They can smell things they couldn't hear before. And that's when they dart across the street. Well, they can see the squirrel, but they couldn't see the squirrel last week. So you realize really what you've done to yourself, bringing this little creature home, because there's a lot more distractions for your attention now. And so they become more challenging. So you get lulled into that initial false sense of security, that wondrous time. Uh, But puppies are exhausting. They require a ton of supervision and a ton of training up front to get it right, because puppyhood is critical to the life of the dog. Which brings me to my favorite P word, potty. Um, And I remember years ago, I had a little corgi named Jazz. And I swear every four hours we were having to go outside. We were house training. I was house training uh, Jazz. And one time at four o'clock in the morning, I was so excited because Jazz did his thing. And I went, good potty. And my neighbor next door apparently was in the bathroom with their window open and said, thank you. Oh, no. But potty is big. Potty is a priority. Any potty tips you can share? I will say that I found after doing this for so many years is that the biggest thing that people overlook when house training their dogs is supervision. Okay. It's, okay. it's People can figure out a schedule. You need proper scheduling. You need proper training. But people overlook how much supervision a puppy needs. You can't let them out of your sight for two seconds because if they have an accident and you're not there, there's no there's no consequence to that. You can't get it right. If, if I'm teaching a dog to come when called or to sit or to high yeah. five, I can get 30 reps out of that dog. I cannot make a puppy pee 30 times a day. <laughs> if you can, you're going to be in the Guinness Book of World Records. Or, or the dog. office. <laughs> yeah. So what do you suggest? Because... I, I pay attention to my pets when they pee because I'm a pet for state instructor and I'm always looking at pee and poop. But what can we do to motivate our pet parents to really hone in on bathroom time? Just make sure that you're being consistent and don't let the puppy out of your sight. Okay. And so do you say good potty? Is that good? What do you say? when they, I, when they I, pray, As soon as the puppy is done. People oh. make the mistake of praising as soon as they start and so the puppy stops. Oh. <laughs> Don't do that. When the last <laughs> drop is out, um, okay. then you praise and you have to have an immediate treat. Okay. Remember that in order for there to be a consequence, you have to immediately follow an action. So people will let the puppy go outside and pee and then bring the puppy inside and give it a treat. Well, you didn't pay the puppy for peeing. You paid them for coming inside. So timing. Timing is critical. I mean, so we're going to be carrying around treats in our pocket or having a little treat pouch, right? During puppyhood? Absolutely. Yep. That's the best way to train your puppy. That would be such a fashion statement if you go out on a date or with your, your spouse and you forgot that you have a food pouch on your, on your hip, right? <laughs> I do that all the time because I wear one for a living. So I'll go in the bank and I'll have it on my, I'm like, oh, I don't need that in the bank. I don't know why I did that. It's just such a habit now. So when the teller does something nice to you, do you give them a treat from your pouch? Yes. I mark it and then I give it a treat. Here's some freeze-dried liver. So you talk about timing and I think us humans sometimes don't pay attention to that. That seems to be a key to puppy training. Yes. Immediate, timing right? and consistency. Yes. Okay. All right. And you say consistency. So don't say potty or go to the urinal. 
you're coming up. So if you've got more than one person in your family, how do you get a, a, a vocabulary that's consistent so that the puppy, no matter who's talking to them, is getting the same message? That's really important. So I love families that all attend lessons oh, okay. with me because that means everybody is, is going to be on the same page. And so they're going to have more consistency. But whether you need a list of commands on the fridge or something, um, it's really important that you use consistent terms and consistent training with your puppy so that the dog learns to listen. And also keep in mind that whoever spends the most time with the puppy in training and feeding and caring, that puppy's going to listen to that person better. Oh, so it's not your size. It's your time with them invested. Exactly. Yes. Oh gosh. It, it is a crazy time being with a puppy, but they grow up so fast. So, I mean, you, you get your puppy run eight, nine weeks, 12 weeks, whatever. And all of a sudden you're celebrating their first birthday and you say, where did it go? Is there anything you do to kind of celebrate that first year uh, that you can share with, with our listeners? I, you know, when you've been with dogs, as long as you and I have, I think I almost celebrate almost just every day, especially okay. with my older ones. You know, we've, we've both had older dogs that were ill and, and things like that. And so I just, I try to celebrate those milestones. I think with puppies, it's really easy to celebrate that first tooth that they lost. Everybody gets okay. excited. Um, and, and then that first year of surviving that first year. Is <laughs> critical. Um, I, I like a good, a good party. Uh, they give them a little cake and it's oh, dog go. safe cake and something yeah, make it like dog, that. Yeah, dog safe cake, guys. You know, they do make a lot of recipes out there that are yummy for doggies uh, treats. And you have a book. I know you have several books, uh, Puppy Care and Training. It's kind of a classic right now. Uh, is there any other book that you want to mention that maybe people can go to? And again, we have Teodi Anderson with us and it, her company is called a dog's best friend.com. But what would be a couple titles you could throw at us? Well, definitely puppy care training for puppies. Uh, also have the dog behavior problem solver. So okay. that if you, you weren't quite, uh, 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 able to help the puppy during that phase, or you got it in a slightly older dog that will help you with um, any kind of problems from barking to aggression, to fear, those kinds of issues. There's also the ultimate guide to dog training, which will help you teach your dog basic and advanced skills. All right. Hey, everybody, we're speaking with Teodi Anderson. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to plunge into more tips and tricks for you and your pup. So sit and stay. We'll be right back. You need even more Arden Moore? We're online at fourleggedlife.com. Welcome back to Four Legged Life. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Um, I'm getting pupped up thanks to professional dog trainer Teodi Anderson. And we should give a little bit of a, uh, uh, her, her, her resume, if you will. She is the past president of the American Academy of Professional Dog Trainers. She and her husband, Tim Mullaney, uh, do the A Dog's Best Friend. And tell us why that company's kind of uh, has got an accolade, if you will. 
We are South Florida's oldest positive dog training company. So my husband, Tim Mullally, founded the company in 1994. I was training in South Carolina and I moved down here and we got married and I joined him in his business down here. So, so we've been at this positive training business for quite a long time. So you say positive, I say positive. Um, what, what does that mean, really? What does that mean? To, to boil it down, I don't have to hurt dogs in order to train them. There you go. I don't, I don't need to. You know, when I first started out, you know, I'm, I'm older than I look. <laughs> when I first started out, I used to use some some harsh methods and some harsh training tools. And then I met Dr. Ian Dunbar, the founder of the Association of Professional Dog Trainers. And he taught me that you didn't have to be mean to dogs in order to get success. And I've been so much more successful with so many more dogs, all different breeds um, ever since. Um, the more we learn about science and the science yeah. of candid behavior, the, the better equipped we are to help shape that behavior. Well, I know dogs in some regards emotionally are like us. And in some regards, they have stellar senses of smell and hearing beyond us. But I think it boils down to they have emotions, right? They react to our things. So can you be a dog and, or a puppy? And, and uh, I did an oopsie. So what would or you're trying to train them to finally sit, is there something you can share with us that would click inside a canine's head that they want to be a good student? The best way to your puppy's brain is through food, a food treat. Um, your timing is important, but you should make training fun. This is a puppy. You don't have to yell at your puppy. You, you, you should make training fun. None of us would like taking a class if the instructor just yelled at us all the time. You yeah. teach these wonderful pet aid, first aid courses, and I can guarantee you're not screaming at your students to get it right. No, no one I'm telling dad that. jokes. And that's <laughs> is that torture for them too then? Okay, I maybe. just say it's like a dad joke because it's apparent. <laughs> okay. But I think people have more fun when they're laughing or they feel safe. And it sounds like you do the same thing for puppies. Yes, exactly. The puppies do a lot better when they feel safe. And when, you know, it makes them want to work for you rather than afraid not to work for you. So you've had a lot of dogs all your life. Who was the best pup when it came to learning? Come on, time to do a little brag on one of your own. Gosh. So, okay. I had the smartest dog I've ever known. His name was Merlin. Merlin. He was a Shetland sheepdog. And... I don't know if they make them anymore, but do you remember those touch lamps? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. He learned how to turn them off. Oh, (laughs) he was so smart. He would go, we would go to bed and, 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 and he would get up and kind of make sure I was still asleep. But one night I wasn't, I had my eyes almost closed and he went and turned the lamp off and went back to bed. He just didn't like the lamp on in his eyes. He was so smart. He could escape anything. He's the reason I discovered crates because he would escape any room, anything. And he got into trouble accordingly. Now, a lot has been steady information is happening about, you said, the science of of dogs and learning behavior and all. And I had heard that sometimes when you have a pup and the puppy is in your bedroom while you're sleeping, you're bonding all that. Instead of the puppy being out of uh, blow, some people are putting uh, their crates on their um, end, end tables in their bedrooms to be at eye level. Am I wacky here or what's your thoughts on that? No, because that's what we do when we raise puppies for people. So we okay, have tell them us about that. And, and just so we can stick our fingers in there and say, hey, you're fine. You're right here. I don't put them in the bed. Okay. People make the mistake of putting them in the bed right away. And I don't think that that's smart. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have a problem with dogs sleeping on the bed. I just want them to be house trained, chew proof, and have no aggression issues. Or yeah, I smell you. You're here. <laughs> but right. that's kind of novel, this new thing with the nightstands, right? With the eye level. What's that? How is that from your, your expertise standpoint versus them just being in a crate on the floor? I just think it gives you easier access as the human. You can just stick your fingers in the crate, especially for the first few nights until they get used to it, where you can reassure them and keep an eye on them up there. It just brings them up there to eye level. Um, Now that's hard to do when you have a mastiff puppy. You just need one (laughs) big nightstand. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or you can put it on something than the nightstand, right? The card table. Set up the card table next to the bed. And is there any other things that are kind of been new puppy techniques you could share that have been happening in recent years? I mean, where are we heading with training our pups? I think that people are understanding because of science and because of the latest information that you can start training your puppy right away. You do not have to wait four months till they after have, they've had shots. You do not have to wait in order to train your puppy. I start training puppies as soon as I meet them at eight weeks and they're so much easier to train at that age. You just have to do shorter sessions because they have no attention span. Well, you made a good thing. So don't wait until it's safe because they're already sucking in all the things in your home, right? Right. Right. And, and, you know, people will call me about house training for puppies and they'll call me for play biting. That's the other big one. Oh yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. What do you the do? One, what do you do and what don't you do? What's a do and don't when because they're teething. Right. You need to teach them to chew what to chew. So everybody wants to say, TOD, what do I do when he gets it wrong? What do I do when he mauls me, when I'm bleeding, you know, I'm crying, he's ripped my shirt. And I'll tell them what to do, but what's more important is to train them what to do. They have to put their teeth on something. So we have to guide them in the right direction. So I use a lot of food stuff toys. I rotate toys every day. So they seem fresh. Mm -hmm. You have $800 worth of toys out. They're going to get bored because they see them every day. It's like us with TV TV all the time. You can't find anything to watch. You only have 800 channels. (laughs) Puppies are the same way, but um, you have to really train them. Also, when they chew on you and when they get your socks and they get things, people are on it. They, They step up. But when the puppy picks up a toy, nobody says anything. Ah, grasshopper. Right. So I'm like, to enlightenment. Up a toy, you're like, that was a good choice, young man. That was a good choice today. Ah, so you do yeah. pause and applause for a pup. I do. I do. I do. That is really, that's critical, I think, because we're too busy telling what not to do. And you're saying uh, bank some good times and acknowledge when they are doing something good. Right. And it's so much fun because if you start praising, I did this the other day, it was a little golden retriever puppy and she finally picked up the right thing in her mouth. And I just made the biggest fuss and she started strutting around with that toy. Like she was just hot stuff. Watch my, watch my tail. Watch my tail. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I got the toy. So she was, she was so proud of herself and I made such a huge fuss. She's going to remember that and want to do it again. So if all you do is yell at them, they don't care how they get at your attention whether they're naughty or nice. And I'll choose nice every time. Oh, I love it. Hey, we're speaking with Teodi Anderson. She is an amazing professional dog trainer. She's a best-selling author. She and her husband, Tim, run a dog's best friend. Uh, It's in South Florida. And what's your big wish? If you could wave a wand over all puppies all over the world, what what is your wish for them? 
Oh, I love that question. I wish all the things that people ask me for traditionally are important, house training, play biting, all the stuff. But I wish people spent more time on proper socialization before the age of 12 weeks, because that's where I see when you go into a teenagehood and adulthood, the most problems. People think that they should wait. They don't think they should take their dogs out and you can do it safely, but it is so critical. I work with some very fearful and aggressive dogs and it could have been prevented if they had been properly socialized before the age of 12 weeks. So don't delay from day one, get your don't. pet, your pups socialized, right? Yes. It's hey, Thank you so much, Teodi. We're talking to Teodi Anderson. Go to a dogsbestfriend.com. You need even more Arden Moore? We're online at fourleggedlife.com. That's it for our show today. Uh, pause up to our special guests, cat behavior experts Rita Reimers and Linda Hall, plus dog trainer extraordinaire Teodi Anderson. I also give a shout out to our wonderful sponsor, Tevra, the makers of great pet products. Thanks all of you for tuning in and for all you stations airing our show from coast to coast. You can subscribe. Just go to fourleggedlife.com. Until next time, this is Arden Moore saying to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there, pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch full-length video versions of our guest interviews, our website is fourleggedlife.com. That's fourleggedlife.com. And have a pawsome week. <laughs>